With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning. Welcome to another Morning Java brought to you by our friends of the Get-Go Cafe and Market where God, they have a lot of stuff, and but I feel like every time I go back there, I just go back to the zucchini fries. They're my favorite. Uh, it's a fried appetizer, but it's healthy little, so uh, it's great. But we're filming this on, on Tuesday. Penguins training camp just wrapped up the last practice. Uh, I was there for that in Cranberry. You're in Philly for the opener tomorrow. This Penguins team, any, anyone, all anyone wants to know about is, is this team better than the one that got knocked out by Montreal the qualifying ground uh, last spring? I mean, what can we expect from this team? Well, I certainly hope though it'll be a better team than we saw in the final two games of the Montreal series. I think that bar is set pretty low. And actually, in general, I, I think it is better. I mean, a key variable for the, for this team will be how Kasperi Kapanen fits in on that first line. That's something we won't be able to get a sense of until he finishes his quarantine uh, later this week. But I, I do think they've certainly upgraded their third line. Um, I, I think Jankowski and, and McCann both have the potential to put up appreciably better numbers uh, offensively than they did a year ago. Uh, again, that bar isn't set terribly high for either of them. And I, I kind of like the, the fourth line. Uh, Sam Lafferty, I think, is, I wouldn't call him a sleeper, but I think there is some untapped potential there. Um, I think that I don't know that he has top six potential, but I think he can put up numbers that might be a little uh, better than you expect from, uh, from a, a fourth line winger. And um, I think almost everyone would agree that their number three defense pairing this year is, uh, is better than it was a year ago. So, you know, it's tough to make any hard and fast judgments after a training camp that lasts a little more than a week. But I, I, I do think this group is better than, than the one that uh, lasted four games against the Canadians. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it at the time when they got knocked out the, the third line they had before, it was really just like a, the collection of leftovers, the guys that they couldn't really put on any other line, but they, they wanted them. I mean, like Patrick Marlowe, Patrick Marlowe should not have been in the lineup. Um, the guys they have on this third line, they're, they actually seem suited for, for that role. I mean, Jankowski, they got him. He is a really good defensive um, center, and I, I, I think he should be good in that role. But, I mean, the, the third defense pairing was a real black hole um, of offense last year and their reliability defensively. Um, I, something interesting, I mean, they've been doing these past few days at camp as they switch up the, the defensive pairings. I mean, because we – I think everyone thought, you know, going into the season, it was going to be Matheson and Cece in the third pairing, um, and, you know, not, not touching the top two. But these past couple of days, um, they split up, you know, Pedersen and Marino and uh, Matheson and Cece and put uh, Matheson on the second pairing. Uh, 
and then Pedersen down on the third with CC. And I thought, um, that's interesting. I think that that gives you uh, three pretty strong pairings. And it, it's not like there's like a real clear weak one like they had before. No, and uh, I mean, I, I think that that switch was more a reflection in a good way on, on what Matheson has done than it was any sort of indictment of Pedersen. I don't, I don't think he was being punished. And I don't know that these pairings, as they've been the last few days, will last. I think there is still a little bit of experimentation going on uh, to try and give the coaching staff a, a chance to see what might work. Uh, you know, later in the season. But uh, I think Matheson, uh, his play to this point, I think, uh, is a serious cause for optimism for for management and the coaching staff. I, I think he's looked a lot more like he did during his most productive years uh, with the Panthers than, than he did for much of the last few, uh, which were quite a struggle for him down there. Yeah, and I mean, and then the, the other real big change is, you know, going to be the special teams with, you know, getting rid of the assistant coaches, bringing in Reardon and Volucci uh, to lead those two groups. And then, I mean, on the power play, too, uh, you, you have to assume Kapanen would probably be on it to start. Uh, I mean, we don't know for sure because we haven't seen him out there. Um, but, I mean, Hornquist uh, gone. Get, looks like Gensel probably going to be that net front role. He's been uh, practicing uh in there in in uh in the camp scrimmages and i don't know i mean is what do you see coming out of this power play when the season starts well it, i mean it certainly has the potential to be more productive than the one last year but the one last year had more productive or more potential uh to be productive than it actually was i mean that that unit seriously underachieved when you look at the talent level on it um i'm not as concern for from a penguin perspective about Hornquist being gone as I think a lot of people might be. Uh, Getzel, Gensel will certainly handle that net front role differently than uh, than Hornquist. I don't think you're going to see him going in and getting beaten up the way the way Hornquist did but that doesn't mean that he won't be effective in it. I mean he has great hands, he has good anticipation, he, I think you're going to see him score on deflections and rebounds and, and things like that. And, you know, it will be interesting to see what, uh, you know, Todd Reardon, what wrinkles he introduces to this unit. There were, there were no power plays uh, during the scrimmages, you know, so, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to, uh, to say exactly what might what the unit might look like when when the games uh, start on on Wednesday night, but uh, you know that uh, that unit I could see uh, growing to be a, a big plus for this team. Yeah, and I mean then the biggest thing is that I mean this team is clearly faster. Uh, I mean you know defense, you know getting rid of you know Johnson and bringing like Mathis. Mathis is going to be one of the fastest guys. Um, on that defense, Kapanen, we haven't seen him yet, but I think Kapanen uh, probably going to be the fastest player on this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, Laffrey coming in, he's, he's not, you know, the fastest guy, but he is younger. I, I think, you know, the goal coming into this uh, season was to get younger and faster, and I think not to the extent maybe that everyone wanted, but I think they did do that. I think, yeah, I agree, and I actually think that given their salary cap situation, um, they were able to do it more successfully than, than I thought they might be able to. Um, 
it's, uh, you know, it's not a, uh, a dominant team like it was a, a few years back, but, you know, this, this has the potential to be a pretty good group, I think. See ya when the season kicks off in Philly. All right, Dave, going uh, in, into training camp, I think, you know, we kind of had, you know, what we thought the roster would be pen written in pencil and uh, really no surprises. I mean, with, with, you know, the guys that made the taxi squad, the guys that made the main roster, did, did anything shock you at all? Well, um, the, the one guy who, who really got my attention and I, th I think the attention of the decision makers uh, was Drew O'Connor. Uh, I really didn't know what to expect from him coming into camp, but I thought he was very impressive. I think he's a guy who has top six potential as his career progresses. And the fact that he's starting the season on the taxi squad, which just about everybody in the organization has said the, the only reason a guy would be there would be if they felt he could step in and contribute if needed. I think that tells you that uh, the people who are evaluating him were, were pretty happy with what they saw uh, during this short camp too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you, you asked Salona at that one of the days about, you know, how do you pick the guys for this, you know, squad? You pick maybe the older uh, veterans who maybe can go, they don't really need to develop, or do you pick the young guys who, uh, you know, maybe might be a little bit further ahead, but have more, have a higher ceiling. And yeah, Sullivan said, I mean, they're looking for the guy who has the best, uh, best uh, shot at helping the team if they, if they are called upon. So yeah, I thought um, Drew O'Connor, I mean, he's just watching him in, in the scrimmages he played in, uh, very big, but he moves well for his sides too. Um, so I think that was, that was nice to see him, uh, do well, but, and then, I mean, the other, like P.O. Joseph, I mean, he did well, but that was kind of expected out about the prospects, but I mean, the, the NHL roster, no, no surprises from there. No one made it that we thought was going to make it. Um, did you think, any, did you think anyone had a chance of making it that didn't make it? Not really. I mean, the, you know, the guys on the uh, 23 or for the moment 22 man roster. They're all the guys who have one way contracts with the exception of John Marino, who I don't think was any, in any great peril of uh, starting the season anywhere, but in Pittsburgh. Um, so un unless there had been injuries, I really didn't think anybody would uh, jump up and, and grab a spot. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that is one thing that's probably of note that they seem to make it through this camp. I, I don't even know if there were any minor injuries uh, among the, the guys, uh, you know, on the major league roster, which considering, you know, how, uh, what a mash unit they were uh, operating with uh, last season, that's got to be a plus for them to at least get, get through camp unscathed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, maybe the most surprising thing that leads last few days is that, like, Aston Reese has at least started skating again. He's been working with a taxi squad. He uh, did Monday and Tuesday, so that was nice to see because I think the original projections didn't have him back until February. Um, so that was good for him. But, yeah, no injuries, anything of note to the, the major league roster. They had three guys who couldn't skate for whatever reason. We're not allowed to know towards the end, Trotman, Maniscalco, and Militech. But, um, I mean, beyond that, I mean, pretty uh, uneventful training camp. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, which, uh, you know, probably isn't the worst thing because it's not like there were guys going in that, that you thought, you know, could make a serious run at, at a spot on the roster if they had a really, really good camp and, and then they disappointed and uh, weren't able to make it. Um, I, you know, we, uh, I guess we won't really be able to judge how good the camp was until they start playing games and, and we see the, uh, the results of the work they put in. But I thought all things considered that it was about as productive a, a camp as you could have in a little more than a week. So you can ask for all right, I just covered uh, Tuesday's last day of training camp, and it was the day we were all waiting for. Malkin finally talked for the first time all camp. Uh, always interesting when he does these big uh, his training camp uh, interviews, and um, he made it he a couple times. He he made it clear that he's very mindful of his legacy going into the season. I mean, something I thought interesting is that he brought up on his own he said if I win one more Stanley Cup I'm the first Russian with four so I thought that's interesting that you know he's mindful of where he may ranks among Russian players and he also said you know this core meaning him Crosby and Latang. he said you know we probably only have maybe two three years left together and um you know they're really driven to to win one more together uh I, this might be a better question for you because you've seen more of these older guys play. Where do you think Ru Malkin ranks among the all-time Russian greats? Well, he's certainly on the on the short list, you know, with uh, Fedorov and Fatisov, uh, Pavel Bure. Um, you know, I I think you could put him alongside or or above any of those guys. Ovechkin, obviously. <laughs> Um, you know, there have been uh, quite a few really good Russian players passed through the NHL over the past few decades, but I, I don't know that there are many that, uh, that I would put above him. He's, uh, he's been quite a player for, for a long time for this franchise. Yeah, the um, two other players with three Stanley Cups are... Um... Larionov and um, the other Russian on the Red Wings, you just said. Slava Kozlov, maybe? No, uh, Larionov, um, Fedorov, Fedorov. They, oh, they, both have, they, they, both, yeah, they both have three with the Red Wings. So um, hmm. those are the only guys he's tied with as far as cups go. And I mean, you go look at individual accolades, he's the only one with two um, Art Rosses. And then stats-wise, I mean, Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer um, this generation, maybe – uh, of all time if he passes Gretzky, but I mean, points-wise, Malkin has the highest points per game of any Russian player, so I mean, one more cup would really put him into that discussion as, you know, the greatest of all time, uh, maybe solidify that, but I mean, this this core, I mean, he said, you know, maybe only two, three years left with um, Crosby and Malkin together. Do you think that's an accurate uh, guess at, like, a timeline for how, how many years these guys have together? I think that's a that's a reasonable projection on his part, but I, I think what's more significant is how effective they can be for how much longer, um, simply because they're on the same team wearing the same sweater doesn't necessarily mean anything if they can't produce at, at the kind of level or close to it that, that they have for, for most of their careers. I mean, nobody is productive forever. I mean, 
if they were, you know, Mario Lemieux would still be active. Um, and, you know, guys, when they're approaching their mid-30s, they're certainly on the back nine. They're well into the back nine of their careers. But, you know, players these days also take conditioning and nutrition and things like that a lot more seriously than guys in some previous generations. So they probably can extend their careers, their, the productive years of their careers a, a bit more than uh, players uh, from earlier years. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think that Crosby, uh, Malkin and Latang all had pretty good training camps. Again, you don't want to read too much into uh, seven practices and a few scrimmages, but um, I think that's a lot more encouraging for the Penguins uh, than if the three of them had been lackluster or looked disinterested. I, I think they are motivated, and, and they certainly should be by, uh, you know, what's happened to this team during its past two playoff appearances. It's... Uh, uh, their, their, their pride certainly should have a few dents in it. Yeah. I mean, Morgan did say he said they're still angry after the way they got uh, knocked out, you know, last year. And that's, uh, you know, more motivation. He said they're still hungry, uh, you know, especially after the way things ended. But I mean, moving forward, I mean, you see, you know, some older players around the league, they do change maybe their game or their style a bit as they get older to be able to keep playing as long. So, um, I mean, we could still see, you know, those changes happen with this core. And then even, the, I mean, they they are making – Malkin, Malkin had, a, had a great year last year. I mean, he, so he's, he's still growing, making changes to his game. I mean, I, mean, I think one of them was like uh, last year was the first year he's been over 50% in playoffs. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, face-offs in, in the regular season. So, I mean, he's still growing, making changes to his game. So, um, I mean, two, three years, that's probably – uh, a good estimate, at least for the, all three of them together. But, um, I mean, you never know. No, and, uh, yeah, I mean, three years from now, they'll all be on the far side of uh, 35. So, yeah, yeah, you would think that uh, the end is near, but uh, it could still be a pretty interesting ride uh, until they get there. It can all be obvious.